Welcome everyone. This is Marie Wade and we are here at our Zoom talk and this time we are going to interview Laura Roder. Laura, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm here at home, being home. Yes, home. and we're in the same boat. Uh, but I am good with that because I get to talk to so many people at this time. Uh, yesterday I was in the live event and there were like over 60 people in that wow. event. Yeah, it was pretty cool. But you know, you're, you're sitting all day. So somehow you have to find a way to get up and go walk and, and get some exercise or else <laughs> it's not gonna be yep. good for you, right? Yeah. But anyway, um, I wanted to just let people know how you and I met and I believe we we met at the uh, Team Referral Network, yes. right? Yeah, it was, I joined Team Referral Network, my gosh, it was a long time ago, um, 2007, six, seven? Yes, I think it was around that year. And then mm -hmm. I remember you were representing uh, financial financial service company, right? Yeah, I was a uh, registered assistant with a certified financial planner and um, I joined the group in the hopes to build a, build a book of business while I was working with him, um, under him. Okay, and uh, since, since then, I mean, you've always been in the financial industry. Yeah. You've never yeah. changed your work, you've been very consistent and it's really your passion in trying to help people learn about their uh, financial uh, situation. So you've always educated people on that. Yeah, I find it really important for people to understand what financial anything is, and that includes insurances. Um, so yeah, I did. I started off um, working under a CFP, a Certified Financial Planner, and learned a lot. And um, what I learned from him and he agreed with me is that I is that financial plans need to have insurances strategically placed along the way and so my that's where I focus I focus on placing insurances into financial plans so that the financial plans are whole and they continue and they can operate without the risk that uh, that they usually create for themselves which are it's really kind of hard Especially after this last couple of months, watching the uh, watching the market go up and down and stuff. Okay. Did you do anything uh, before you got into the financial industry? Oh yeah, um, I got into the restaurant industry right out of high school and through college. Okay. Uh, kind of worked my way through the restaurant industry and uh, became a general manager uh, about 27, 28. And uh, really, really liked the excitement, the ongoing work. You know, you always had the immediate satisfaction at the end of the day that you actually got through it. Yeah. <laughs> and then I got worn out. <laughs> <laughs> How many years? Um, a lot. Uh, probably close to 20. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot of years. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you could be a consultant people. for a restaurant. Uh, no. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I did spend, I never really left the food industry after I left the restaurants. Um, I wandered around a little bit and then uh, actually went into food distribution. And um, as a sales rep, you know, you go in and you have so much knowledge as, as what's going on in the restaurants and stuff, but then you're there to sell 
a tomato sauce or a pepperoni or, you know, it doesn't matter. And I had so many people mistaking me for a chef because I just had the knowledge. But um, if you're not in it constantly all the time, educating yourself and stuff, you quickly lose what's fresh, what's going on. Okay. So being consultant wouldn't, I would be too far away for that. Okay. And so how did, how did that happen uh, from restaurant to financial? What kind of drove you to financial? Um, More of my own personal uh, want to figure that, figure it out. I really didn't have any leadership in that. No, there was no coach or anything. So as a general manager and as young, as young as I was as a general manager, um, the company I worked for implemented some 401k plans and retirement plans and employees, you know, were able to qualify because they were working a certain amount of hours. And um, so they started coming to me and asking me a lot of questions. And as a general manager, you know, they're looking to you to make answers. So you know, I, I was just like, okay, well, let's figure this out. And I'd go on this little journey. And then I realized, um, I, I realized a couple of years into the last restaurant I was in, you know, I'm either going to make it up the next level into the district managing and, and that kind of stuff and less uh, time in restaurants and physical work, or I was going to need to find something different. And uh, the time came for me to find something different. And I was already talking about financial stuff to people it just kind of made sense to me. It's like, well, I already like it. So I'll just kind of wander this way. Oh, <laughs> so I see. That's what so, I did. So there was some uh, passion to get into that. And so when you got into the financial industry, what are the things that you discovered from it that you didn't know before? That it's absolutely relationship-based and that it's absolutely individual Uh, meaning that every single person, every family needs its own plan. Uh, Everyone needs their own ideas to be put into play, and they need to have somebody who's willing to walk them through it, guide them, make sure that they're not just um, jumping off the deep end into something crazy. And But the biggest thing is the relationships. Um, Okay. Just today, I've been, I, I helped a woman's kids and they're just they're in college and I help them get health insurance and you know it doesn't think like you don't think that getting health insurance is such a big deal but for her it was a huge deal for the kids it was even a bigger deal and she's always called me back every couple of months we've talked and she's called me for other advice and then she called me today and she said I was furloughed last month and then they let me go today completely I filed for unemployment what do I do with all this stuff and how do I get my own insurance? And if it wasn't for the fact that I was talking to her and I made such a good connection with her, that conversation wouldn't have happened again. She could have easily gone and found somebody else. Now, uh, when you got into the financial industry, how long did it take for you to feel comfortable that you really know what the information that you need to share for the families? I'm, um, I'm still working on that. And what I mean by that is that the financial industry is ever changing, ever moving. Uh, government gets its fingers in there. Um, the trends change, uh, insurance companies change things. It's all, it's moving all the time. So 
comfortability in understanding what people need probably took me about six years, eight, six, six seven years. Um, now I'm comfortable in, in understanding and wanting to help people. And then I just, I know, and I have the right contacts now to go find the right uh, products to fit the, the plan or fit the need or something like that. So six, seven years probably to really get comfortable. But okay. to be honest with you, anybody that's comfortable today, there's a lot, there's a lot of motion going on out there. So you have yeah. to keep your eyes open. Yeah, especially now with the uh, pandemic situation, uh, how was the business? Did did you have more people inquiring because of the health insurance? You know, it's interesting. Um, I crouched down and I was getting ready. I was kind of getting in that fighting mode to, you know, get this onslaught of people needing help and that kind of stuff. And uh, two or three weeks into it, I, I started reaching out to people. It's like, are you okay? okay? Is everything doing all right? And uh, I got one of the best compliments. And uh, the guy's like, no, Laura, you taught me. I know this is this is temporary. It's, he might be six months, but it's temporary. We're, we're going to be okay. And uh, I'll call you when I need you, I promise. And um, that was a good feeling. Okay, so people are optimistic. They're not worried. And so, Well, some are. Um, yeah. But, but like I said, the ones that I did get a hold of, the people that I have spoken to, okay. they're really taking a good adult look at this and saying, okay, you know, what is it that we need to do? Um, you know, I, I can honestly say that they, most of my clients that I spoke to and the people I spoke to, they were not the ones that were going out and buying 36 packages of toilet paper. <laughs> they were not <laughs> they were not overreacting. Uh, yeah, they were yeah. being cautious. They were being smart about it. They were looking at their situations. They were trying to figure out how long can we go? Do we need to apply for this? You know, I mean there's a lot there was a lot of good thinking going on. Okay. Which I was really impressed. So since you're continually learning the industry, uh, how do you get your uh, clients up to date up to date well um my a lot of clients they get a monthly newsletter okay for me um that seems to be the best way uh for me to actually get information out there okay a lot of people uh, i do also have a quarterly letter that goes out that some people like but like the business owners and stuff like that it's a little bit different um so that's how i communicate with them Okay, well, um, that's good. So yeah. you have them in a uh, in attached to a newsletter where they can get up, you know, updated information from your uh, mm -hmm. from the financial industry. That's good because yeah. uh, some people I know that once they get their transactions, like they never hear anything from them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and that's you know? why I said it's it's a relationship business. Um, yeah, you know. You know, people see a life insurance agent and they honestly think they'll never see that life insurance agent again. And you know what? They're right. Because a lot of times life insurance agents get in the business, they're excited, they're hot, they're, you know, hot for a year. Yes. And then stuff starts getting a little bit tougher because they've gone through their easy market. And, uh, you know, you don't, you don't hear from them because they don't make it. Um, okay. And you got to remember, this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. So you got to be in it for the long haul. So reaching out on birthdays and that kind of stuff, that, that's real. Okay. And, and I, I'm also aware that you are doing this quarterly event for the senior community too. 
Yes. So that's um, yeah. an event that we're call we're calling Aging Gracefully or Gracefully Aging Aging Gracefully. Yes. Um, and that is designed for both adult children and their senior parents. Um, and this is something that's near and dear to my heart and cuts real close because my mom um, had a stroke in December. And so now I'm actually living my, my concept or the mm -hmm. concept that we, we have. Um, but basically, basically, we tell a story um, about what it means to age gracefully and what does that picture look like and what are the options that a senior can make you know in that in that path and at what mm -hmm. time and what's available and so we start off with I don't want to get too detailed but we start off with just talking about Medicare and then we talk about what does it mean when you know you really can't live alone or what does it mean that your your assets that you've worked so hard for are starting to drain what other options do you have, whether it be a reverse mortgage or maybe there's something else going on and, hey, let's think about long-term care, which is usually where, you know, that's my heart right there is, you know, we have people that are living longer and longer every year. And the question is, do you have quality life or do you have quantity life? What yeah. is it that you, you know, what is it that you want? So aging gracefully is geared for both sets of people. So the adult children know what's available. They also know what they can choose uh, early on. Yes. And then what's also available for their parents so that their parents can be taken care of. Okay. I see. Well, I think it's, it's for me, I mean, I have my mom and my mom is still strong and, you know, um, still energetic <laughs> like me <laughs> have a lot of fun and yeah, a lot of energy <laughs> no she's she's still dancing and networking with so many people and cooking and all of that so that's just the way she is but uh she is in her 70s already and she looks young and she always say that she looks young <laughs> but uh, i i understand that uh, at some point uh, I will have to deal with those things where, you know, I have to understand what, what I need to have for her. So for people like us, we need to be educated by what we need to expect in the future. Yes. Right. Yeah. And also, and I think that, that our, the industries that are created for seniors to support seniors and actually like educate people like yourself and myself, poorly, poorly marketed. Um, and that's a that's something that's industry wide is that uh, they're not able to talk about what they do, and there is some reticence to actually listen. I mean, a lot of people don't want to think about the fact that they're going to be seventy, or a lot of people don't want to think about that their parents are going to be seventy. My dad just turned eighty-four, and he looked at me on his birthday, and he's like, "I can't believe I made it. Can't believe I made it this yeah. far," you know, and. Um, it's incredible what this country is uh, has to offer uh, to the yes. senior community because in other countries, I mean, there's nothing like this uh -uh. as far as I'm aware of. Um, you know, they, they reach that age and they're depending on whoever's around them that will take care right. of them. And, if and they, it's mostly family. Yes, it's it's mostly family, but mm -hmm. here because of the culture, where um, the 
what I see is that um, mostly the children are separated from the parents. Yeah. And so the parents are by themselves to where they're left in a home care or, um, you know, with, in, within their own house with uh, no help. And so it's, it's kind of scary to think that, you know, they're by themselves, right? Yeah. yeah so, um, yeah. So I think there's a lot of things that people need to, uh, need to understand and to learn on how they can protect themselves and also just to, you know, be prepared if something happens, right? Yeah. Well, as, as much pre preparation as I had prompted my parents to do, that's a mouthful right there, too many yeah. Um It was a shock. Um, and it comes fast. The, the stuff that you have to decide, the stuff that you have to get going. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, you know, parents at home in their own home, that's someplace that they want to be. They've been there for, you know, some only 15 years, some 50 years, but they've been in that home and they want to stay there. And their whole idea was that they're going to pass there in that home. And yet as, as the adult child, you look at them and go, yeah, but I don't want it because you've fallen down a set of stairs. I don't mm -hmm. want that to happen because, you, you know, you've fallen and you can't get up. I mean, yeah. that's real life right there. And, and um, I know we make jokes of that now because the ad was so cheesy way back when, but guess what? We remember it and it's real. It's um, and it comes fast. Yeah. Faster than you can ever imagine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're, you're actually in that situation right now where you're taking care of your parents. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of people that are in the financial industry, but um in a way, can they really understand what the families or the, the people are really dealing with? And in your case, you are actually experiencing it and you can totally um, talk to them with, you know, with the same language uh, in terms of what they need and how, yeah. what they need to look for. Yeah, and you know, what I thought as an advisor prior to all of this happening and having the conversations with my dad um, and you know, my mom cannot speak, but there is some communication there. But having those conversations has put such a different conversation um, out there for me. And and I could, you know, I can talk to someone's elderly parents now and understand where they're coming from, because my parents have been able to explain it, where they're coming from, and and actually approach it from a different way from a different angle which okay. is really nice um it's it's a softer angle it's a more it's not that i ever disrespected my parents but it was kind of like no you need to do this and it there you know you got to understand where they're coming from so that you can get them to that spot where you can get them to do it so so um, it's, it's almost like an eye opening for you too so it's those are oh, added wisdom uh through your experience i don't wish it on anybody Mm -hmm. um, there are too many people that are going through it right now today and won't talk about it um, it's a very stressful situation and I don't know why people won't talk about it there's no shame in taking care of a loved one there's there's no shame in that there's no I think there's a, you think a denial kind of a situation <laughs> I, I think that denial does have something to do with it. Um, I know that at a certain point in time, I wasn't even taking phone calls because I was so busy 
trying to get everything into place because I figured if I could just get everything in place, then I can move on, you know, with everything else. But life doesn't work that way. And so I'm still just trying to get things in place. And, you know, now I'm a little bit more lax about it. I've lost a couple of hairs and turned <laughs> a little bit more gray, but, <laughs> you know, um, life isn't pretty uh, all the time. Sometimes it's just darn, darn out messy. Um, yeah. But luckily, you know, I had managed to get some things through to my parents. And so we did have some things in place. Okay. And mom is safe. And, you know, we can't see her right now because she's in a facility but um, I, I do want to say something that we have cultures within our country that care about their parents and care about their seniors. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those women and men in, in those cultures are now in our senior care facilities and they treat our parents well. And my mom is being treated incredibly well by these by these people, and I I am so grateful for that. That's so good because that. I've seen some stories, oh, yeah. uh, some some posts in social media that was pretty hor horrifying, and I'm like so worried for some of those people because of how and, they're being treated. Yeah, and there I mean, the I think to that point is the stories that come out of there, and I, I might be talking a little bit out of turn, but my parents, my mother is in a, we're, we're paying uh, mm -hmm. for this. Insurance is not involved and neither is the state. So we're not using Medi-Cal, we're not using Medicare. My, my father's paying the fees. Um, and so the facility, you know, that, that's a lot of, that's a big chunk of change every month. Yeah, um, and I, I don't have any problems telling you that seventy five hundred dollars a month is what we pay for my mother's care. Wow! Uh, with that seventy five hundred dollars, though, where she's getting an individualized care, if if you don't have that choice and you go into a state run facility, you are in a facility that's being run on a bare bones budget. Some of the CNAs and the nurses have double the amount of people that they should have yeah. to take care of. They do everything that they can do, um, and they're trying. Um, but they, you still have stories that come out of it. Um, so it's, you know, uh, that's why the long-term care for me becomes such a passion, is that if something happens to you or me, Marie, mm -hmm. do you want to have someone else make that choice for you as to where you're going to go and what bed you're going to sleep in? Or would you rather have that choice to go into a facility of your choice or your family's choice, knowing that you're going to be safe there, you know? Um, and I'm not saying that state facilities are not safe. I'm just saying that they're overworked. Those people are overworked. I really honestly don't think that any of them are paid enough. Yeah. Um, you know, and so I, I advocate for choice, you know, make it so that you can make those choices. I see what you're saying. That's, that is actually good for me to understand that. I've always heard about it, but I didn't really understand why I need it. <laughs> it was because, you know, the, the thing about, you know, hearing it from people and you're networking and you're busy talking to so many people, nothing is, is going in my brain <laughs> because it was so, I'm so busy. But having this one-on-one -on -one, uh, talk and really hearing from you why I need it and understanding what the story behind it and why you need to 
be prepared and you need to be looking at your future is important. So I'm glad that we had this call. Uh, I'm really going to think about it this more because I think uh, it's something that now I'm thinking, I don't want to be in that situation. <laughs> I want to be more secure and I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a control freak, you know? I like, I like to be in control of my future. <laughs> not really a control freak. If, Someone if called me a control me. freak one time, but I am not. A, <laughs> it wasn't me. It wasn't me. It's, wasn't <laughs> no, no. <laughs> oh, it's, it's a, it is something that hits people hard uh, later than sooner. And it should be a dialogue that's being had. And if you're married, a uh, husband and wife, you know, yeah. couples, you should be talking about that in your 50s and figuring out what it would look like. For you and what is it that you want and needs to be put on paper so that means that there's an estate plan there needs to be medical directives there needs to be all those different things put into place and the problem is is that we drag our feet we drag our heels and we drag our heels again and then we get to 70 and then all of a sudden things start happening and then all of a sudden somebody else is making those decisions and like my father and I we went around and trust me we're both fireballs so you know, he, I was telling him, this is what we're going to do. And he goes, oh, 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 oh. No, <laughs> I'm still with it. I can still make decisions for myself. And it's yeah. like, oh, you know, okay. Um, I'm just grateful that my mom and dad both listened to me two years ago and we actually got some things in place. Not really? the whole plan, wow. but we did get things in place so she can have the care that she needs. Because otherwise, to be honest with you, you and I wouldn't be having this conversation because I would be her full-time caretaker. I see. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's so good to to really see that and understand. I think this, I hope people will listen to this video and, and watch it and so and, and, and give them some kind of realization that this is a part of what they have to make uh, decisions on for their future uh, and really understand how important it is. Now, Laura, if anybody needs more information, how do they get hold of you? Uh, well, um, I do have a website. It's uh, tfpartners.net, and I'm under the Our Team part, uh, under Laura Roeder. Um, and then also I have, um, well, my phone number is 951-602-5819. And I'm okay. also on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. So, and that's Laura P. Roeder. Okay, perfect. Now, um, last request, uh, as I always ask um, the people that I interview to give their last words for the people that are watching because of the situation, they're all at home and they have mixed emotions and everything. What will be your last words for them? Today is either day one or it's gonna be one day. It's your decision as to whether you put the plan together on day one or you let it happen to you one day. That would be Wow. It. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, Laura. Well, thank you. Uh, it's so fun. nice to, uh, you know, um, get to talk to you because I know you've been busy. And uh, we will definitely um, catch up again. And I can't wait to, uh, to get this uh, Aging Gracefully event for people. And we could probably even do an online event for that where people can uh, tune in and listen to all the speakers and you know, uh, learn from everybody. I think yeah, I awesome. think online would be really good. I do, okay. honestly, especially with right now what's going on. Okay, well, we'll definitely have to talk about that. But anyway, to all of you out there, I think uh, you've heard Laura Roeder. 
she is amazing. She's been consistent. She's been uh, passionate about this being in the uh, financial industry. And, and you can see that she also has the same experience of helping you with whatever situation you're in. So please make sure that you reach out to Laura or you can also uh, share this video to the people that you think can use and can benefit from it. And, uh, and again, uh, don't forget to like our YouTube account uh, and uh, subscribe. And if you have any questions, uh, make sure you uh, send us a message. Okay. Well, have an amazing day, Laura. Thank you so much. And okay. we, will, we will see you again. All right. Okay. All right. Bye now. Bye-bye.